podcast where we discuss film, TV shows, and other elements of cinema. I'm Olivia. And I'm Ellen. Not to be confused with DeGeneres. We do have a healthy working environment. Yes, yes. I can look Ellen in the eye and feel like I'm safe. (laughs) Anyway, we're both college students, both juniors in college, and we both love watching movies and TV shows and then discussing them. So that's why we're here with you guys today. Speaking of today, Ellen, what's our first episode going to be about? Our first episode is Hunt for the Wilder People, a 2016 film directed by Taika Waititi. I chose this film as our first one uh, because it's just really, really funny. I love everything Taika Waititi does. And I've seen this movie twice already, but Mm. I wanted to share it with you so we could discuss it from your film studies perspective. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um, this is my first time seeing this film. I have seen like half of Jojo Rabbit by Taika, but I've never seen this one. But yeah, we'll dive in and see what we both think about it. So, all right, what are we starting off with here? All right, so this is the Wikipedia summary of the movie, just for uh, some brief background. Hunt for the Wilder People is a 2016 New Zealand adventure comedy drama film written and directed by Taika Waititi whose screenplay was based on the book Wild Pork and Watercress by Barry Crump. Sam Neill and Julian Dennison play Uncle Hector and Ricky Baker, a father figure and foster son who become the targets of a manhunt after fleeing into the New Zealand bush. Perfect. So, yeah. Um, We're just going to dive in. We we both took notes while we were watching, so on different, like, cinematic categories. So we're going to be going over... Cinematography, editing, acting, special effects, directing, and then like musical score, and then we'll end with our thoughts about the movie. So let's start off with some cinematography. Ellen, would you like to start or do you want me to start? You got this. All right, I'll start. (laughs) So what I noticed about the cinematography in this movie was, one, it was just a beautiful scenery, so it's just like a beautiful environment to capture, but... Um, more specifically, uh, so I think it's kind of a, in Taika's style, what he likes to do is, um, like a lot of close-ups, but like quick, rapid close-ups. So, um, that's what I noticed about kind of the camera work there. Um, and so Uncle Hector, the Hector guy, the kind of the roughed up character in the movie, whenever he was like on screen talking with um, Ricky, it was kind of a low angle shot. So like what that does is like, it makes him appear like more powerful or like sometimes scary. So intimidating. So I thought that was an interesting choice. Um, but yeah, one of the main things I, I noticed about the cinematography was the like extreme zooms all the time. I think that's a very stylistic part of his cinema and what he prefers to have in his cinematography, but yeah, what, you, what did you notice anything else? Like, what did yeah, you have? I feel like the zooms are really noticeable for me too. I think that's oh. really unique, or like, 
just very characteristic of what I've seen from Taika as well. Um, I think a lot of what I noticed was just the scenery as well with um, New Zealand being such a beautiful country, being able to film there, I'm sure it was amazing. Um, I'd yeah. say... Oh, I just looking up the, the who the cinematographer was, and oh, it was okay. Lachlan Mil- Milne? Milne? I don't know. So have you heard of him? So, I have so not, sure. but... Yeah. Cool. I think he... I don't know if he works on every film, but... Were there any shots in particular that stood out to you that were, like, really good or really well set up? Yes, yes. Oh, also, I was going to note, like, the composition of the shots. Like, actually, there's a picture of one right here. Um, This one, I mean. So the, in this mm-hmm. shot, it's, it's kind of towards the end of the movie when um, Ricky and Heck kind of out in the wilderness, but it's, like, this beautiful shot showing, like, the background, the horizon. They're up on kind of a hilly mountain. But um, he really, the cinematographer here really uses the, the the rule of thirds quite well. He has Hector up in the left-hand corner, and then um, Ricky and Tupac, his dog, kind of <laughs> a little bit down towards the center, and then the rest of the the shot is just the wilderness. And I think that's kind of kind of a good description of their journey and like the mood the tone of the film like that this is the they're in this big wilderness area the abundance of nature and how it affected them but yeah um I also noticed that a lot of the composition was very centered so there's a lot of shots where Ricky or Hector sitting at a table that just they're straight center of the frame it kind of looked kind of Wes Anderson-like, but not quite, I mean, but not as, you know, bright colored and, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. Do you want to explain really quick what composition is? Oh, yes, page? sure. So yes, my bad. <laughs> um, so composition is basically when you're, when you have a camera and you're, like, taking a shot, it's where everything is in the frame and why, so um, the rule of thirds that I mentioned earlier is kind of, when you have just like your rectangle or your square, you just split it up into thirds, um, horizontally and vertically. And there's like sweet spots on the intersections of where things should line up, like faces, eyes, eyes and like nose and mouth really line up on close-ups or like the body, like the head, torso. So I'll um, I'll show you sometime, Ellen, what it looks like, but um. Yeah, that's kind of the basics of composition. Interesting. But yeah. Anything else on the cinematography? I thought it was beautifully shot. Mm-hmm. I'd like to... I should have researched a little more what kind of lenses and cameras they're using, but... I wonder... I really liked that pan shot that we talked about when we were yeah. watching. There is one pan shot in the middle of the movie. It's more towards the end, but while they were out in the wilderness, it was like a montage of yeah. time passing while they're out in the wilderness and there was the child welfare people looking for Ricky um, and the police looking for Hector as well because they thought it was a kidnapping situation. Yeah. Um, but they did a pan shot to show that time passing. Yeah. I thought that was really good. Yeah. yeah, I love that. It was like the camera was standstill like in kind of the middle of the, the bush, the wilderness. It's a term I learned today, actually. But... um. <laughs> And it's just, it's almost, it's 
seems like, I mean, there's some editing in there, but the camera's just going in a circle and we see different shots of like the characters in a different, like as time passes. And I, I love shots like that. I think it's really cool. And the editing was very crisp on that. So it made it look really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one question I had, this yeah. might be a little off topic, That's okay. <laughs> but we were talking about the wilderness and it made me think of this. Um, Throughout the book, they, or not the book, <laughs> throughout the movie, they mentioned this bird um, that yeah. they saw once called the Huia or something like yeah. that. It was H-U-I-A. Yeah. I should look up the pronunciation. what that looks like. More. Yeah. But um, I was curious what your thoughts are on, like, the significance of it, because it yeah. came up later as that's what mm-hmm. they were going to look for at the end together. Yeah. Well, obviously... It's, it's kind of a, a use of symbolism, I think. The bird, it's rare. No one finds it. And I think it's kind of a, a symbol for both Ricky and um, Hector, or Heck, um, kind of what they're looking for in life, this, this happiness that they've never fully grasped, like they haven't fully experienced it. But to get, when they're together, it seemed like they kind of had that. And that's why that bird appeared when they were together, I think. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, stuff, everything went awry. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a symbol for family and, and being accepted and happiness. Mm-hmm. So then when everything goes awry and the bird, you know, is gone. But then at the end, they come back. It's a, they circle back to cover that. I mean, but yeah, very symbolic. I love stuff like that. I'm a big like symbolism nerd. One of my favorite things to look for in films is like s- symbolism and the coloring. I love the coloring, but anyway. Yeah. Should we move on to editing then? Yeah. All right. That sounds awesome. That's just Perfect. All right. So, basically, what I got from all the editing, which was phenomenal. Um, I love a good editor, man. Because I'm, I'm currently <laughs> in a film editing class, so I love just, like, studying what I'm watching. But, um... There's a lot of use of montage, which which can be tricky, but also is a good tool. I mean, for anyone that doesn't know what montage is, um, it's kind of a scene where it shows, like, passing of time. So it's like, let me think. Okay, here's a good example. So, like, in Shrek, if, if you've seen that. When Donkey and Shrek are on there, they're going to the castle, and the song um, I'm On My Way is playing. They're, they they go through, like, the field, then they're on the hill. Or like Elf, when he's making his journey to New York. Mm-hmm. That's what a montage is. It just shows the passing of time so that we don't have to, you know, be there the whole time. But anyway, the editor here really took use of that. And I think it's kind of also Taika's style as well. But um, yeah, the so for instance... Um, at the beginning, there's a little montage of Ricky when, um, I don't remember her name, the, the child um, services. Oh, Paula. Paula. She's the child welfare yeah, director chi- yes. in New Zealand. Yes. She's, like, explaining, like, how Ricky's a bad kid. So then she, she's, like, saying, like, he, he spits, he whatever. <laughs> and then it's, like, a bunch of shots, like, of him doing this. And I love that. It was, like, the cuts were perfect and it just flowed really well. And then there was also a really good montage of Ricky in the forest when he first, like, ventures off on his own. And he's, like, walking around. Like, he doesn't know what he's doing. But it's it's comedic in a way because 
We're like, yeah, this kid is like out here, but he can't, he obviously can't fend for himself, but I think the editing really played into that mood and the, the comedic mm-hmm. aspect of it. Right, because the actual event of a child being lost in yeah. the New Zealand yeah. wilderness is not it's, funny. It's not but... funny, but they make it funny, and I think mm-hmm. that's a real skill of Taika's, is taking situations that are horribly horrifying or, you know, not funny, mm-hmm. but making them funny, but also bringing awareness to it. So it's like, mm-hmm. it's kind of his specialty, I think, because with Jojo Rabbit and, For sure, yeah. and this movie, but yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd say that I don't have too much to add about the editing, <laughs> but I thought it was really good too. And I thought it was an interesting choice to include, like, I know it's because it's based on a book, but to include yeah. the chapter yes. titles yeah. in there, that was interesting. I'm not I like sure. that, though. I like that structure. I think it probably helped the editor to <laughs> organize shots and everything, but yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I like when I don't know what other movie I can reference or like when a movie is like fall summer mm-hmm. it's kind of like that yeah it's helpful for the audience too just yeah to like yes understand. know what's happening yeah and I like screen. yeah and all the titles I like how like in the scenes what the title was was said or like happening mm-hmm. so I can't remember all of them but one I, I don't know I remember like um, Bella, Uncle Hector's, um, wife. Wife, yeah. She, she died early on, and then at her funeral, the priest was talking about how there's another door. Yeah, And yes. then that was the chapter title directly following that scene, yeah. so it really correlated well. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And one last thing about the editing that I had was, um... And, like, the action scenes, sort of. There's a lot of quick cuts, which is pretty common now. And, like, the the ASL, the average shot length in those were probably less than a second. So that's kind of what, like, people, like, for action films, it's, like, just the average shot length in the film. So that's, like, kind of a way film critics study and whatever. I don't know. Interesting. But, um, yeah. That's all. (laughs) Yeah. It's a common thing to like study how long frames up there to the next to the next to the next. <laughs> and like actually in one of my classes we talked about how like over the years it rapidly sped up. Like from mm-hmm. the studio era up to like, you know, now CGI action, you know, when action films became mm-hmm. violence was more allowed and <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Actually going back to the title thing, I just thought of this. It kinda reminded me of like the titles and Kill Bill, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. the time titles yeah. throughout. Yeah, and the action editing was kind of like, I mean, I'm not going to say it was like exactly like Tarantino, but it kind of right. had that feel of like quick, and then, of course, we'll get to the special effects, the blood that was shown. I was like, wow, that kind of, I mean, not surprised, but yeah, I mean, it's a kid's movie. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's a, a feel-good, like, buddy movie essentially and then there was that and I was like oh wow all right but yeah anyway acting should we move on to acting yeah I feel like this is probably going to be our biggest because I love talking about the characters oh I didn't know this was your favorite part well I I don't know if it's my favorite but I don't know I just like breaking down the characters we can talk about the character arcs 
Oh, yes, for sure. <laughs> All right, do you want to start on this one? Uh, sure. Do you have any notes on that? I mean, honestly, my notes are pretty incoherent, so I'm just kind of going off of what That's I okay. picked out mostly. But um, why don't we just talk about each character? Yeah, that what we thought. Good. Yeah, you can start with the obvious, Ricky. Ricky. Yes. Um, Ricky Baker. <laughs> Ricky Baker. Uh-huh. Okay. Yes, that is a, a, a comedic instance in the film. You'll just have to watch it, but. I mean, if you want to explain it, explain what that song's from. <laughs> no, it's just one scene in the film where Ricky's foster mother, Aunt Bella, she is singing to him for his 13th birthday, and it's just, it's beautiful. <laughs> it is. It's it's it. one of those moments in the film where you're like, yeah, this feels right. Like, this is good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, back on to Ricky. What were your first impressions of him? Do you know? What I do you think? think? My first impressions were, he's a sassy kid, obviously. Yeah. I w- wasn't convinced. They started off, I think chapter one was called A Very Bad Egg. Yes, which yeah. just set up what people's expectations of uh-huh. him already are. But he really did not seem that bad to no. me. Like, no, because he, he doesn't speak for the first couple scenes, almost. Mm-hmm. Like, he's just standing there listening to the yeah, yeah, he seems a little, like, standoffish, but that's understandable given yeah, he's going to a new family. That's true. That's true. Yeah, and if you haven't seen this movie, Ricky, to describe him, he's a very short little boy. How Do you know how old? He's 12. He turns 12. 13 oh, yes, in yes, the movie. Yes, yes duh. Um, he wears those uh, sweatshirts. I don't know. What the crowd is, who you are, what age you are, but when we were in middle school, it was, it's kind of like, kind of raw XD clothing he's mm-hmm. wearing. <laughs> yep, the zip-up hoodies that zip literally all the way Over up. Over your face. You know those kids. <laughs> you know what we're talking about. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, he's got, like, kind of those baggy, like, like, raw jeans, and then he's got, like, these white... High top sneakers on. Right. They kind of like, the whole outfit brought me back to like the snapbacks and Osiris. Yes, Osiris. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I thought. Um, but uh, yeah, so he kind of, when I saw that, I was like, okay, kind of get like a, okay, he's from the city. He doesn't belong here. He doesn't look anything like the other characters he's coming into. So I was like, okay, he's kind of an outcast here, but yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he, Ricky, is played by Julian Dennison, who also appeared in Deadpool 2. Mm-hmm. Really funny, really funny kid. Yeah, he's a great actor. Yeah. I didn't feel like there was any point where I felt like he was no. breaking was, out yeah, of his character. No. Or... Yeah. yeah, and that's interesting because I found an interview um, that I'll, we'll play for you guys here, but... uh that Taika Waititi had with some, I don't know, New Zealand news guy or media guy, I don't know the name, but he, the guy asked him, like, so you work with, with children, like, child actors, that's a really tough job, how do you do it? And he says, like, um, well, like, he said, first he says, I hate children, except for my own, which is kind of funny, because he's, he's got a very witty guy, but, um, 
he says that when he when he chooses an actor to play his character as a child actor, he he says the best advice is to pick the kid who most resembles the character because I mean you'll hear when we play it for you, but um that way when you get to the to the stage or when you're acting, they don't have to act, they don't have to pretend to be someone else, they're just them. So that makes the process a little easier because yes, child mm-hmm. actors are tough. Yeah, Very tough. Sure. It's kind of like, I've heard he's a really good child, I mean, like guy to work with child actors. Same with Steven Spielberg. He's pretty famous for his skills working with child actors. I mean, E.T., little Drew yeah. Barrymore. Like, That's wow. True, yeah. She, Very I just good. watched that yesterday, actually, but um, <laughs> I was in the E.T. mood. I don't know. But um, <laughs> yeah, I was watching them and I was like, wow, that's some good mm-hmm. direction. So props to Taika yeah. for the for the t- child acting think, skills. You think about like movies like Harry Potter, where like mm-hmm. this might be controversial, but like they really were not good actors in the beginning. No, I agree. Comparatively, like it's tough. It's yeah. Tough. So like getting kids to be that like natural in that is yeah. really important. That yes, he did a good job. I agree. But yeah, so here's the clip. We'll play a little bit of it and enjoy. Uh, no, you're really good with directing kids, and I hate kids. So yeah, how would you I, teach? I hate kids as well. Oh, you hate kids as well. Yeah, yeah. I well, love my kids. I don't love other people's kids. Well, what's your secret? How do you like um, uh, direct hateful kids? I love. I mean, I love children. Uh, I wouldn't say that it's the most. It's not. It's just. It's just not the easiest job directing them. You know, it's. It's what, what's the payoff is that yeah when you find amazing performances. It's like there's nothing like it, you know. They're better yeah. actors than than any um, grown up because they're so natural and um, you know they don't have any of these uh, tricks that uh, their grown up actors develop. So what I what what the trick is is that you um, you actually when you're auditioning you search for the kid who resembles the character the most in personality. So you never try and get a kid to pretend they're someone else. You find the Ricky Baker. You find the Ricky Bakers of the world and you choose the one that, you know, is closest to what you want in the film. And then, basically then, all they have to do is remember the lines and so, say the lines because yeah. they're basically being themselves and saying the lines. And if they know what the lines mean and they're being truthful, then it's done. Yeah, you've got, it's, it actually takes all the pressure off when you find the right kid. It's 80% of the, of the work is finding the kid. Yeah. All right, so there there was the clip for you guys. I hope, I mean, I'm sure you heard the, the part that I was talking about, but it's just sometimes it's nice to hear the actual director's voice and words. And now you got a taste for what he sounds like. and very, You can kind of see his sense of humor yeah, in person yeah. and how it comes through in the Definitely. movies. Definitely. If, if you, I recommend watching interviews with him because sometimes you're like, oh my gosh, is, is he that serious? But like, he's not that serious. Yeah. He's very funny. <laughs> But yeah, anyway, so back to Ricky. Um, so what I noticed was Ricky, obviously he's coming from like the foster system and he's kind of a delinquent as they make note of. But um, he really has this kind of, he's searching for his identity, his, like a family in a family, an identity in a family or with some sort of figure to help him, you know, grow up. And I think he's been missing that. And it's kind of sad because they, they touch on those, like, sad moments, Taika does, 
but it's it's really interesting how they do that. But his character development, I think, was really good. Because at first, you know, he's like, oh, why are you acting like that? Like, why are you kind of being a little brat? <laughs> but then it's like, oh, okay. Like, we start yeah. to understand him more, you know? Yeah, you get some of the pieces of that story. Like, his friend um, mm-hmm. from the foster system who died. And yeah, you get a little more context, which makes sense. Yeah. Um, I also thought it was interesting in the beginning when he first got to the foster home and he was, it seemed like he opened up pretty quickly. Yeah. Like it just took a little bit of kindness and then he would run away during the night and then he'd come back Mm -hmm. and they wouldn't say, don't run away. They'd say, go ahead, run away and just come back in the morning. Yeah. Like I think, uh, she said to him, be back for breakfast. And he's like, okay. Mm -hmm. Like that was very touching moment. Yeah. I think Taika did a really nice job of uh, dropping those little, like, you know, not as comedic moments in, those intense emotional moments, but but in a way that you're like, okay, like it flowed. It flowed really well. I really like that. Yeah. And it's like he got that kindness and you could see that Bella was giving him, like, the love he the needed. Love, the motherly love. and then, But also, like, wasn't stifling him yeah. really either. Like, she kind of understood what he needed. Mm-hmm. Kind he of a... some time to get yeah. the trust going. And yeah, stuff. a connection to, like, mother's intuition. You know? She had that. So, moving on to Heck. Hector. Or I guess we... Let's talk about Bella. Since we're on... Yeah, kind of talk yeah about that makes sense. Yeah, so... Bella, we don't really know too much about her from the beginning. Mm -hmm. I think she just kind of comes in as someone who's really excited to have Ricky there and kind of a jokester. What was that? Sweater. Oh, yeah, yeah. She had a (laughs) nice fluffy cat sweater on that really kind of, I feel like, exemplified her personality. Yeah, (laughs) the costuming definitely was spot on. For sure, yeah. Props to the costume designer Mm -hmm. on that. And I'd say, too, like, they discussed this later on, but how she didn't have a family herself, mm-hmm. this comes, on, comes out, and how she kind of treats Hector and Ricky as, like, her, not gonna say rescue dogs, yeah, but, yeah. like, she wants to help people, and yeah. she wants to... She's got that loving nature, that mm-hmm. kind nature, yeah. Because she experienced it herself. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like that's how they get those two characters to connect in the beginning. Because mm-hmm. obviously we'll get to it. But Heck and Ricky, they do not. They kind of clash. Like at the birthday scene, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Such a good scene. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any other thoughts on Bella? Um. No, I think, I, I think we covered it. So let's go to Heck now. Yes. An important character. Mm -hmm. He and Ricky are really the main relationship throughout the film. Yeah. And that development, I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, I remember when when he first comes on the screen, he's like walking up the hill with the pig on, dead boar on his back. Mm -hmm. He looks like Indiana Jones with that hat. (laughs) Yeah. And his beard. I, I instantly thought Indiana Jones. I don't know why. Maybe it's because I just love Indiana Jones, but um, he's got kind of this scruffy mountain man looking look to him, mm-hmm. which is kind of you know would probably be a little off putting and scary for a child just coming into the home. Right. So it makes sense, but yeah, he grows on you a lot. 
He's one of those, mm-hmm. like, oh, man. Yeah. yeah. It's the classic character arc of yep. toughened old man turns into... Softy. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um... Oh, yeah, for for Hector, I noticed that a lot of, like, browns and everything were associated with him. Mm. He wore, wore a lot of brown, his brown hat. When they were in the wilderness, a lot of scenes with him at the beginning, at least, was in the brown. But um, Bella, she was kind of, like, always in the green nature, like, mm-hmm. the grass, kind of kind of symbolic for for life, for vibrant, like, living and Mm -hmm. kind of mother nature, in a sense. Yeah. And then we got (laughs) Hector, who's kind of just earthy, rocky, you know, Mm -hmm. rough, got a rough feel to him. That's what I noticed, but, yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And that didn't really ever change throughout. He Mm -hmm. didn't have a changed feel, but... There's just, like, little things. Yeah, that... softened moments where mm-hmm. he's being a little bit chiseled away. His heart is. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, those are, like, the main characters. We don't have to get into every single. Yeah, no. So, should we move on to special effects? Yeah. It would be great. a quick one, but... The special effects were pretty good. I mean, there wasn't a lot, but... Uh, there's a couple scenes where where, like blood was involved, when Bella like slayed that boar at the beginning. It's like I was talking about earlier the squirting of the blood that is like wow mm-hmm. that was pretty good though. And she's got like, like all over raising of the knife yep. and then yeah. you see it coming like, up bloody. Sh- and, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was good. Sound effects were good too with mm. that. The CGI boar later yeah. that killed Hector's dog. Zag yeah. rip Zag. A true legend. <laughs> Very sad, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you can obviously tell it's CGI, but, like, mm-hmm. it wasn't, like, Twilight baby CGI. <laughs> like, it wasn't horrible. No. <laughs> God. No. It looked... It kind of reminded me of In the Princess Bride. Yeah. Swamp Bride. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I thought it was good. The special effects were pretty good. Mm-hmm. But... And then I guess with the... Car chase that would yeah. probably be the last big. Thing. That's true. The end of the movie is yeah. car chase with explosions and whatnot. I don't want to car crashes. Give but away we're not gonna spoil. What I mean, we might talk about the ending later. But yeah, <laughs> for okay. now it's okay. For now, we'll keep you guessing. You can watch the movie right now. No. <laughs> All right, and then directing. I mean, I kind of covered throughout like Taika's mm-hmm. decisions, but. I just think that, I think I covered this, but Taika, he, he has like this comedic tone, but it's purposeful. Like he, he still covers those serious issues, but in a comedic way, which I think can be a good thing. I mean, some people are very critical about like, oh, you shouldn't be making light of this situation. Like for instance, there's kind of a joke in this movie, not a joke, but like a theme of like pedophilia, Mm -hmm. making Hector like seem like he's, you know, a pedophile with um, Ricky. But I don't think that he takes it too far. I don't think he, he brings it to, like, the mm. the breaking point, which some some movies and shows do. I agree. Like, right. like, you shouldn't do that. But I don't know. Like, 
like with Jojo Rabbit too, he's talking about Nazis. Mm-hmm. I mean, he plays Hitler for God's sake in the yeah. movie, but but it's with a purpose. It's with a a purpose and a message. So, mm-hmm. and I feel like it's not necessarily like throughout the movie. It's not like no making light of no. pedophilia yeah. at all. It's just kind of like, for example. There's some people who are concerned about, they find Ricky and Hector, and they're concerned about Ricky's well-being, and Ricky just kind of goes on this montage that just kind of makes it... Makes it seem... Yeah. montage. He goes on this, like, narrative, yeah. this monologue. Yeah. Monologue, yeah. About, <laughs> there it is. There's the word. Mono something. <laughs> about, like, um, what it is that he's been doing yeah. with Hector, and it just really makes it yeah. sound like it's... Something very suggestive, but yeah, because before you see exactly what happens, so right. like in in that way, it's like oh, oh, I get this. Yeah, so it's like <laughs> funny because you know that he isn't meaning that. Yeah, but yeah, but then like it's like seeing the perspective of the other people like horrified. Right. So it's like kind of a play on the the word, the script. So, but yeah, I mean, he doesn't like make light of any. Horrible mm-hmm. situation. In fact, I think he brings light to <laughs> horrible situations. But, yeah. I don't know. I, I really like his style. I like... Like, it seems like the, the actors really felt their roles. So I'm sure he had a part in that. And I love... I also love how Taika makes an appearance in, like, everything he makes. Oh, oh, yes. Um, <laughs> how he... He appears in this movie as a minister... He appears in Jojo Rabbit as Hitler, and then in the... What is it? What We Do in the Shadows? Mm-hmm. What We Do in the Shadows. I don't... Yeah. Um, he's, he's a... Yeah, he's definitely in it. I was trying to remember what part he had. I think he was... He and Jermaine Clement were the co-directors of okay. that one. But okay. yeah, he was in that. I'm trying to think if there's any other good ones to mention. I don't know. Not off the top of my head. I know there are more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. But, yeah. No, I like that. I think he's a really cool guy. He's very mm-hmm. funny, witty. Yeah. I like watching him, like, on the Oscars and stuff when he when he wins. His speeches mm-hmm. are, are good. I guess one that a lot of people would know about would be in Thor Ragnarok. Oh, yes. Yeah. With the rock guy. What's yep. his name? Oh. Can't remember. Yeah, I don't know. But, yeah. Yeah, he did direct that. I mm-hmm. forgot. Yes. I think that he did a good job with that one, yeah, too. Yeah, he did a really good job. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, that was good. The score. Let's move on to the score. Mm-hmm. Really good soundtrack, I'd say. I mean, Ellen was singing every single song, so obviously <laughs> it was it was pretty good. Yes. It was a good combination of, like, the instrumental, like, ambiance yeah. for the wilderness, mm-hmm. but also, like, some good traveling songs. Yeah, definitely. They had The Partisan by Leonard Cohen in there, and mm-hmm. they had... Sinner Man in there, so some really famous ones. Yeah, too. yeah, it was it was a good one. It, it very adventurous feeling. It'd be like a good one to to listen to if you're going on a road trip. Some oh, of those for songs sure. for sure. But yeah, um, and kind of the the opening, like the chant. I don't know what that song was. Mm-hmm. Kind of ended with that a little bit too. It's kind yeah. of a full circle moment, but. I don't know, that kind of just sets up the movie for, like, what is this? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. what's going to happen? A little bit of a mysterious yeah. feel with the bush and everything. Definitely. Kind of made me wonder, like, where mm-hmm. in the film, I know um, 
Taika's really proud of his, like, indigenous roots with the Maori people. So I was wondering, me not knowing a ton about that culture, like, where throughout the film there's different elements of that. I agree, yeah. I'd like to... That would take some research Mm -hmm. in his... Probably some interviews. I'm guessing he probably talked about it, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's very, very attached to his culture, and he likes to make films about it, which I, I love. Mm-hmm. I love that. He's very in touch with himself yeah. and that that's advocacy good. for yes these people too. Yeah, good adv- advocacy. <laughs> um, well, that's that's all the, the topics. Do you, let's move on to our our ending thoughts, maybe, or our yeah. thoughts. That sounds great. What do you have? Do you have any, or do you want me to? Let me flip through my pages here. No. I think overall, I just, I really liked it. I thought it was a majestical movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. If you don't, if you haven't seen it, that's kind of a little funny conversation that Ricky and Hector have where they're talking about like where they are and Hector's like majestical. Also, yeah, he can't read. So it's kind of like, oh, yeah, he can't. He doesn't know it's not a word. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's just kind of a joke. It's yeah. funny. <laughs> so, yes, it was a good movie. I felt like the score really amped it up for me. That's a big part of movies for me. I, I pay agree. a lot me of too. attention to I the score. Um, I also just really liked, like you were talking about with the symbolism earlier and mm-hmm. how you really like that. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's no pointless scenes, which yeah. is really nice. Yes. <laughs> I, I hate pointless yeah. scenes. Yeah. I agree. Like, feels like in most films there are a couple scenes where you're like, why, why is this here? Why is this happening? But I didn't, didn't really feel like that in this one. Um, man, did you have anything else to add, or do you want me to dive? <laughs> Go for it. Okay. Um, I mean, besides it being like a comedy movie, I think he touched on some deeper, deeper meanings and themes, like. For instance, it was kind of like a, a lot of dualities. So it's a very common thing in the cinematic world to have like dual characters, dual themes going at times. So, but but then they you know fuse together often. So here it's like Ricky and Hector, kind of a duality. I mean, Ricky's from the city. He's a little kid. Hector's an old man living in the in the bush in the wilderness. Um, but then it's kind of like their journey together as like fusing together, becoming one, realizing that they're more alike than they're different, which is like, shouldn't we all do that in this world for God's sake? Mm -hmm. Um, but (laughs) preach it, Olivia. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, come on. That's what we're here for. Right. No. Um, both, both of those characters are alienated, which is, Mm -hmm. I mean, something that's been ingrained in me at school, like alien themes of alienation and like. A lot of, like, mm-hmm. more artistic films. Yeah. But, uh... Ricky, because so, he was in the foster yeah. care system, and then Hector, because he had been to prison. Can't um, read. He's can't old. Read. Yeah. He's out of touch, one yeah. would say. But, yeah. But, uh, yeah. And then the commentary on, like, institutions that mm-hmm. Taika had in this was was very noticeable for me. Like, the, the child welfare, welfare system... <laughs> Um, wow, (laughs) haven't talked this long in a while. Um, how, like, literally the first scene when they drop him off, they're like, 
We have to inspect uh, your buildings, make sure they're safe. Looks good. What do you think? Like, they don't even look. It just shows kind of the negligence of those systems. Not only, like, obviously we have that here in America, but, like, it's everywhere. He highlights... It's in New Zealand. It's... It's... I mean, it's all over the world. Mm -hmm. And... They say no child left behind, yeah. and they clearly they, don't care, yeah. and they just say, "Oh, he's a bad egg," even though yeah. he's a thirteen. Yeah, it's very <laughs> ironic. I love that ironic feel that take ahead, but mm-hmm. but he touched on it, and it was very like, "Yeah, you're right, dude. Like, <laughs> this isn't working." Mm-hmm. Um, what else did I have? Um, oh yeah, with the character of what was it, Psycho Sam? Oh yes. So later in the film, there's this guy they meet in the in the wilderness that has like conspiracy theory books in his little mm-hmm. camper thing. He's, he's afraid of the government. Yeah, he's he's very like the government is watching us type of guy. But his character, I think, was very strategic in in a commentary on government like surveillance, corruption. How he's like, he makes them wear these metal bowls on their head. He's yeah. like, that way the government can't track you or hear you anymore. Yeah. But um, he made some, like, he highlights some points about the government that, how they're always watching. But, like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It was like, you think that he comes off as a crazy guy, but you're like, man, this guy is not, he's on it. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> he knows what he's talking about. I was wondering, sorry to interrupt no, you no. here. I was just sorry. wondering, too, like. If you think that might have been, like, a turning point in when they were like, all right, this is, this journey is maybe going to I think so. I end. think it, he, the Psycho Sam was also used as, like, a, all right, let's kind of a wrap it up type mm-hmm. character, but. Don't want to end up like him living in the wilderness. Yeah, exactly. It was kind of a, eye, like, a eye-opening, like, mm-hmm. character, like, oh, yeah, we don't want to be this guy, because didn't he draw a picture of all of them together? Yeah. Yeah. That little creepy is <laughs> funny, but yeah, but he in the end helps them. I mean, which kind of shows like he's he's also alienated. He's out there. Right. He's been alienated by the government, and I mean, he's all alone. The poor guy. He's going mm-hmm. crazy. He's serving them cookies with dust on them. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, and a live animal and yeah on his stove. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, but yeah. Overall, it's like a. It's a story about characters, like, alienation, but finding their identity through friendship, family, a connection with mm-hmm. nature and a person. You know, like, I think Ricky and Hector really found that that bird, like we said earlier. Mm-hmm. They found that out there in the wilderness together. Like, think, not alone, but together, you know? Right. I think it was also just kind of like a closure like grieving process mm-hmm. for them and losing Bella and, yep. and all the other things they've yeah, gone through point. is just like they got up to this one point in the wilderness that was close to the sky and that's where they ended up uh, burying the dog's egg near there but yeah. they also more importantly scattered Bella's ashes close to the sky in the lake and I thought that yeah. was Really important moment of closure and like yeah, moving to the next chapter. They definitely lives. reach closure and oh, also I didn't even mention this yet, but um, Ricky kind of connects to like literature, like poems. So when he first mm-hmm. arrives, he does his haikus. Yeah. So, but his haikus are like <laughs> they're funny. <laughs> they're funny. They're they're rude. They're like 
what's it called? I forgot the kid's name, but something that the a kid's name and is a wanker. That was yeah. one of them. That was, uh, what it was called. Like Kingy or something. Yeah, like he's a wanker. But then, like, as it the film progresses, like he takes his haikus, but they develop with him. So, like in the woods or in the bush, they he makes one another one. I mean, it's still kind of comedic, but it's it's not as like you know abrupt. And then at the end, the end man, he. Uh, he goes to see Hector, and Hector has a, a has a haiku for him. So I think it was just like a lot of full circle moments with the haiku, and they talk about the bird together. I think the ending was really really wrapped up. Mm-hmm. So there's a bow put on it for sure. Yeah, definitely. But I like that. I mean, yeah. everyone, especially in America, we're conditioned to that that bow at the end. Mm-hmm. We want to see everything tied up. Mm-hmm. So when that doesn't happen, people get like, "Oh, this yeah. movie sucks," you know. But I, I sometimes I do like an open ending, like yeah. uh, like you determine, like you what whatever you think. But this definitely wasn't that. This was like a, this was a good feel, good feeling yeah, ending yeah. for sure. Yeah, it would have definitely changed the whole feel of the movie if he had like ended up in juvie or something Agreed. like that. It was perfect. They both, and then they both, you know, agree to go back to the place they love to go look for their birds. So I think it was quite a good ending. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the, I think the main haikus that he does, uh, Ricky does in the middle that you were mentioning yeah. was, I forget the first one exactly, but it was about the trees, the animals, running with my uncle, heck, living forever. And I Yes, like, yeah, that's the one. Yeah. And it's like a moment of like, Oh, like they're connecting. Like he he is progressing in his intellectual and emotional growth and journey. And it's like, mm-hmm. I like how um, the director used that, you know? Mm-hmm. Poetry as kind of a way to branch them both together, yeah. bridge them both together. I do think Taika does a good job of like, when he's bringing in these social themes, it's like, the right amount of, like, you know it's there, you know what he's trying to get at, but it's also, like, yeah. in the midst of an interesting plot and yeah. something funny and, like... Yeah, yeah. It's, like, like, like the right the, levels of... Yes, the scene we talked about before with the the pedophilia, like, mentioning. Not really. It was kind of, like, a subtext. Yeah. Like you had to understand. Like, a, a kid watching that would not have known. Mm-hmm. But, like, obviously, young adult adults... It's like a, oh, yeah. but no, he does a really good job of bringing those messages in, those social messages and, and conflicts and issues in the world, but no, mm-hmm. I think it's good. I think he did a good job. So yeah, I, I liked this film a lot, Ellen. Thanks for sharing it with me. Thanks for watching with me. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. So yeah, that, that was Hunt for the Wilder People 2016. Mm-hmm. Stay tuned for our next episode. Yeah, we haven't really decided. We'll we'll probably tweet or Instagram it out, but um, let us know yeah. what you think. Yeah, let us know. DM us ideas of films you want us to to watch and and talk about too. Any We're open to any anything. other ideas if you've seen this movie too? Yeah, we'd love to hear your thoughts about the movie. For sure, for sure. Um, yeah. So thanks for joining us today. Um, I'm Olivia. I'm Ellen. 
And through butter, sweat, and tears, we'll see you next time. Ricky Piker, ah, 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 Ricky Piker, ah,